Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome back! I'm the Reverend Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. Show's namesake, BJ Shea. He's right there. Hey, welcome back, Hi. all you kids and kidettes. And running the boards is Joey D. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to 2022. And on this show, we're going to be talking a lot about Marvel stuff, including Spider Man No Way Home, Marvel, Hawkeye, and Shang-Chi. And I will be getting with. Mr. Gareth Von Kallenbach for some tech and gaming reviews. And of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. Or just search BJ Shay's Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, iTunes, and the Odyssey app. Odyssey. So many ways to listen to us and give feedback, and if you want to interact with us, you can do so by going to our social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, all those fun things, and uh, we've got a lot of stuff to cover because, well, we've been off for quite a while and doing a lot of fun things, and uh, actually, Gareth uh, Von Kallenbach from Skewed and Reviewed, which you can find at SKNR.net, is uh, on the road and uh, getting ready to head out to his own fun thing. Gareth Von Kallenbach joins me from Skewed and Reviewed, that is SKNR.net. And Gareth, you're on the road right now heading over to uh, something pretty big, aren't you? Correct. Consumer Electronics Show, first live one in two years. And this year it's a bit of a hybrid. It's a mix of in-person and uh, online. And uh, we've been told it was uh, pretty quiet today, about 20% of normal capacity. But we're, we're on the way. Uh, it's always fun to go being able to uh, check out all the tech and gear. And actually, even before CES, they had, they had a, uh, uh, Sony had a really big announcement, which we've speculated about, uh, 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 gosh, probably for a couple of months now. But they made it official with their uh, VR2, right? Correct. Yeah, they had announced it was coming, but they were very short on um, specifics as to when we could expect it, what it would do, that sort of thing. And there was a rumor earlier in the day that something might be coming soon. And it was rather odd because apparently someone out of China had implicated that his company that uh, makes consoles slash VR gear would be working with another company in another country to begin ramping up production. So this got people going, well, who makes consoles and VR? That's Sony. <laughs> and then during their showcase, they dropped the uh, hammer, and it just blew people away. It was beyond what was expected, that's for sure. Now, at this point, have they shown um, just uh, how much of an upgrade it has been at this point, or what are the details that they have shown? Okay, so it's going to have 4K capability. Whoa. It's got a 110-degree field of view. It has uh, the controllers are going to be motion-controlled with the haptic feedback. So for those who have a PS5, that means the triggers, the tension level on them can change depending on the game or the situation. Um, For camera tracking and the vibration rumble control, that's in the controller is also going to be built into the headset. And, you know, if that wasn't enough, then they say, Oh, Hey, you know, everyone's getting excited for this new horizon zero dawn sequel. 
there's an exclusive Horizon game coming called Call of the Mountain built directly for this VR, and they showed a quick clip of it. Wait, wait, so it's not even something that's just been ported over. It was made specifically to use and utilize the capabilities of this new hardware. Correct. It's essentially a third Horizon game built from the ground up for this hardware. Wow! That's actually, that's massive. And obviously this is something that you need, uh, you're going to need a PS5, so hopefully you've gotten it, or else uh, maybe those uh, scalper prices are going to go up again. Exactly, and remember, <laughs> with the control and that feedback, you'll be able to literally like draw the bow and feel the tension oh. if they do put that in. Man, now I know that uh, places that like like CES and a lot of those things have uh, have those like have had those haptic like like the suits or the vests in the past. Have you had a chance to try any of those? Like, not even for like PSVR, but just in general. Uh, some it just it depends. I mean, like I've been using the uh, for me, it's I've been staying with the PSVR mainly, but every now and then we do at various trade shows try some of the other things out. So I, I have tried the Oculus. I've tried, uh, you know, some of the other things that are available. We're getting we're getting really close to the Ready Player One uh, virtual metaverse, dude. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely! I mean, it's it's crazy, and that's the thing. I mean, I remember before the PS Pros came out, PS4 Pros, people were telling me, "Oh, you're an idiot. There's no way they can do 4K on these things." And then, like a year later, they announced, "Hey, we got." these hd versions coming out that can do 4k and then it was well that's not true 4k well now it is true 4k oh wow that's amazing now moving on from the hardware uh for the vr and such uh a lot of co-op games have been coming out recently some good some have had their issues but there is a new one on the horizon uh, on an alien cruise ship right uh yes correct the animus and that was one that came out of nowhere rather, um, you know, unheralded for the most part. Uh, got a trailer, was asked, hey, you interested in trying the beta? I said, sure. You know, weeks passed, heard nothing. Then we heard, well, hey, guess what? The beta's been pushed back a week. And then the code arrived, and it absolutely blew me away. It's coming out for PC and for the Xbox platforms. And if you played Left 4 Dead or any of the games like that, like Earthfall, You'll you kind of get an idea. The difference is it's four players, human or AI, set on a cruise ship in space. And it's got this kind of retro vibe to it in that it kind of looks like a 70s thing with certain cutscenes and the hairstyles and the costumes. So you got kind of that death loop angle. And essentially it's that. It's four-player co-op where you have to fight your way through various levels of this massive liner and uh, survive. So you do things like get to the bridge, have to get to elevators, different types of weapons. You've got grenades and uh, specialized weaponry, like turrets, stuff like that. It's a lot of fun. That is awesome. Like those games, uh, like if you've got a good set gaming group, those are some of the funnest things. I don't know, like how much have you had uh, success in like doing like public groups or anything along those lines when it comes down to those games? Uh, I did okay with Back for Blood. It did, you know, that was also hit and miss, depending on if you had a good group or not. This one, I've only been, uh, you know, Left for Dead, no problem. I got through the two Left for Deads, okay. Earthfall was hit and miss, but this one, you know, uh, we go back to World War Z, which was third person, but similar 
um, idea, those are tricky. So it all comes down to having a good group. But the problem I'm running into is I've only played with AI, and they just don't quite get it in some areas. (laughs) So I'm looking forward to I got some extra codes, and we're putting a crew together, and we're going to go in after CES and get this thing figured out. We do have a little video up. It's just me leading the pack, and hopefully – Hopefully, we'll do much better when we get four players because there's only about three chapters available right now. But hope springs eternal. <laughs> exactly, when you're fighting all those aliens out there. Uh, and before we let you go, uh, in the hardware, uh, especially with like the PCs, um, graphics cards are really a big thing, and also so are monitors to go along with those. Correct. And what's really interesting is we had Samsung offer this 55-inch flexible um, gaming monitor, and we didn't get a price, but we figure it's going to be expensive because a lot of their stuff tends to be up in price, but it allows you to essentially have a 4K resolution and adjust and curve the monitor to your uh, specifications, and then you pair that with these new 3 Series cards that have been so hard to get for a lot of people, the the 60, 70, 80, and the 90. Well, now they have a 3050 card coming, which they claim is going to be about $249, but it is going to give you a lot of the features. I mean, they they say it'll ray trace, but, you know, a lot of people say you better have a lot of RAM in the right game, and maybe you have to turn down certain things. Who knows? I'm just going with what they say, and that it's ray tracing available in a three-series card at $250 and up. Wow. Well, at that point, like if you're going to get into those, it might be time just to uh, upgrade your whole rig at that point. Correct. Because, you know, there are some people I've talked to say, well, we've heard the four series isn't so far away. So I'm just going to wait until the four series. And then we've had others say, you know what? I was able to get a hold of the three series. I'm going with that. I'm going to ride this <laughs> out. And then if, you know, necessary, if the four series has a big leap, you can wait till the price and availability comes down. It's always the game, and I think this is basically them saying, "Hey, if you don't want to blow seven hundred dollars on an eighty or a ninety or whatever, spend the two forty nine, get yourself a card that'll be an upgrade over what you have, and it'll give you great performance until you decide to go for something else." Yeah, that usually sounds good, and I know that you are on the pulse of uh, all that tech upgrades, and I know that we're going to get a report from CES uh, after uh, next week once you get all the details and all of that. But if people want to do it real-time, they can do so at Skewed and Reviewed. You can find that at SKNR.net. Thank you so much, Gareth. Anytime. Take care now. Thank you so much, Gareth. Again, you can find all of that fun stuff at Gareth uh, Gareth's website, Skewed and Reviewed. That is SKNR.net. Now, with what we're talking about here, there will absolutely be spoilers. Spoilers. We're going to be talking about Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, Also be talking about uh, Hawkeye and Shang-Chi. Kind of probably all intermingled since they're all part of the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe at this point in time. And uh, let's start off with uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. Uh, I would like to say, is there anybody in this room, or like to ask this question, did anybody not like the movie? I only had a minor complaint that it was too long. That's all. Okay. Well, and and I kind of understand that in some points. Uh, You have had that that, that issue with movies in general lately um, where they have been long. And this this was one of the longest Marvel movies out there. 
Um, not as long, I think, as Infinity War or Endgame, but it was there was a lot of information to unpack and kind of get through with the story. But yeah, it was it was fairly long, but it didn't seem to last that long for me. Like when watching it, yeah, I you know, and it's I will say if you're a fan. You know, and it's fans, and I look at it this way. I think fan service is definitely a part of the Marvel Universe now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They, and these movies, you know, say, you know what? We don't care if it's a fantastic movie for a regular person. We're going to make a fan service movie that, that all the Marvel fans will love. And that's why I don't, I think that you probably didn't notice and probably yeah. moved quickly for you. But I watch a movie and I go, yeah, you know, if I was with my my wife or with somebody who's not a big Marvel fan, I think they'd probably go, eh, it's a little long. Yeah, Endgame was the longest at three hours, two minutes. Spider-Man yeah. No Way Home was two hours, 28 minutes. And uh, Infinity War beat it by one minute. Yeah, <laughs> and that was the one thing that I feel with, like, uh, especially with the MCU movies, is that there is an expectation that you have seen, if not every one of the movies, you've seen a lot of the movies, so you're going to be that heavily invested mm-hmm. in the characters. So you're going to... Again, expect it to have all of that fan service and get all, and you're going to want to have all of that information in there. But the thing about it, like, I'm not going to not say, no, there was no fan service because <laughs> it was all, fan it was all fan service. Oh, yeah. <laughs> plenty of it, yeah. However, I, so my dad and I have a tradition when a Spider Man movie comes out, we always go see it in theaters together. Aww. That is like, we, that is our, our movies we see together. Uh, I, was expecting my dad not to like it. He's very old school in the way he likes things. He remembers the, the, like reading the comic books when they were like that newspaper material. Mm-hmm. So when things are multiverse, and I was trying to kind of explain what things were going to mean based on like the shows, like between Loki and WandaVision and everything, kind of giving him a heads up. I honestly thought he was going to not like it. Maybe like the CGI, maybe like the effects. He walked out of there and he said, this is the best Spider-Man movie I have ever seen. And there are a lot of people that are saying that. And thinking back to all of the Spider-Man movies, aside from maybe Into the Spider-Verse, I felt mm-hmm. that this was one of the top ones. Like, If not the top one, maybe kind of neck and neck it, with Into it, the Spider-Verse. It's hard because they're two different worlds in a sense yeah, like, and yeah. one's animated and stuff but you're right they, they're neck and neck they're like up there bj how did you end up feeling about having um all of essentially a sinister six there even though one of them <laughs> kind of didn't get really dropped <laughs> into the right area as it came out so it was just basically a a five on uh five on one there with uh against uh, uh spider-man yeah it was fun seeing all those guys back i i I really, you know, it, it makes me wonder what happened COVID style or maybe age style. It was odd that Sandman was really never there except just always Sandy. And, yeah. you know, and I wondered about that. Uh, and it even looked like it was a CGI. Rec- when he was turned back to normal, it almost looked like that was CGI. So, so funny enough, he was the only actor who was not on set. Yeah, he was not on set at all. So they had to basically CGI him. They lended his voice, and I think some people said there has been no confirmation whatsoever, but that little bit of him at the end where you get to see him as a person, I've heard was reused footage from the movie that he was in, Mm -hmm. So, which was Spider-Man 3, the original Sam Raimi Mm Spider-Mans. So it was one of those that was kind of iffy, kind of weird on that, and I do think that it was part of the reason was, at least part of it was uh, due to COVID and uh, the restrictions on uh, filming and such. Yeah, Alfred Molina, love him, mm-hmm. and uh, of course, I I, th- I think uh, William Defoe stole the show. Yeah, I just never liked 
Jamie Foxx's interpretation of Electro, and I don't know what it is. I didn't, I didn't like it the first time. It was a little better this time. I just, it just, I don't know. It's the character just doesn't seem real. I, I, uh, you know, starting off as this geeky guy, I couldn't buy Jamie Foxx as a geeky guy at first, and I get what they were trying to do. And I thought, okay, I like the message that they were trying to do in this movie, but it just was a little clumsy I, because of what you know. Uh, uh, I felt like. Yeah, you know, everybody seems to be getting it, but Jamie Foxx. It's like, I get that, you know, I, I, I get the message you're trying to send, but at the same time, it just seems clumsy with with what's going on with the movie. And But again, I, I thought Electro was probably the worst villain as, as he was done by everybody. And I don't blame Jamie because Jamie's an incredible actor. So I look at the writing and go, <laughs> yeah. you know, oh, you, yeah. you don't blame Natalie Portman for what happened in Star Wars. Uh, you know, sometimes the writing just is like, you guys didn't do this character very well. Well, uh, uh, I don't really know much of Electro from the comics and stuff. Like, how would you describe Electro? Like, what kind of personality? Because well, we know Norman Osborn, we kind of get an idea of what he is based on the comics, and then obviously kind of a loser. I mean, you have to say he's, he's. I think he's a he's a B character. He's he's a B villain, really. He doesn't. Ha- I don't. I can't tell you anything about Electro, at least from the old days. You know, yeah. I know okay. they've done a lot, but but Electro was never that interesting. But Doc Ock was interesting. The Green Goblin was interesting. Sandman was never that interesting. You know, they, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, you know, honestly, with these two characters, I think they were just trying to when the movies came out, their respected movies. They just wanted to show off what they could do with CGI at the time. Yeah, uh, yeah I don't disagree with that I mean, they're, one. they're there. I mean, the Sinister yeah. Six is amazing. But if you think of the Sinister Six, the guys that stand out, Doc Ock stands out. Mm-hmm. And um, is the lizard part of the Sinister Six? I think there's been many interpretations of the Sinister his, Six. And his he might story, have been at some point. You know, his story is cool. So the lizard's an interesting character. Ock is an interesting character. The Goblin's an interesting character. But Electro's never been that interesting of a character that I remember. He was very, he wasn't memorable. The Vulture, I think, was part of the Sinister Six. Six. Yeah, and yeah. they did a good job with him because he really uh, he was an old guy, so that was kind of interesting. Like his whole thing was, I'm an old guy, but I could still kick Spider Man's ass. I do you like know? though that they didn't. Uh, when we did see the Vulture, they didn't ma- like dump him in a vat of chemicals that made him super <laughs> strong. He used technology to make him strong. Yeah, which I think was the smarter move because everyone and I, they even made fun of it in this movie. It's like, oh, how did you get your powers? Like I fell into a tank full of electric eels. Like, oh, damn those eels. You know? <laughs> I know they kept going Everybody. back to that. Yeah, and the original founding members of the Sinister Six were Doc Ock, Electro, Craven the Hunter. Mysterio, Sandman, and Vulture. So they kind of had to wibble wobble around it. And obviously they're not like they never called them the Sinister Six. They never really worked together except when they kind of tried to figure out everything to, you know, to to solve their own multiversal problems and try to get everyone back uh, to where they were going. Obviously Electro kind of was being a, a bit of a pain in the butt about that. And then also Green Goblin had his issues who where uh, he went dark, Norman went dark and decided that you're not going to, you know, ruin this for me, this green goblin side and that really turned him into the main villain of mm-hmm. of the whole thing. And there side note with the Craven the Hunter thing, I'm a little pissed off because this was reported last year and supposedly filming supposed to start soon. But there's supposed to be a Craven the Hunter movie or something and it's yeah. going to be Aaron Taylor Johnson to play Craven. Oh yeah, Quicksilver. 
No. Kick ass. Not only does he not look like him, I feel like Craven was, you know. You, you just CG some hair on him and no. you'll be fine. I thought Craven was a person of color, but I could be wrong. I was expecting like no, a he Jason. Was Russian. Yeah. He was Russian. Oh, yeah. I thought he was Af- yeah. South African. No, no, no. He was Russian. Then never mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, his, like, his, his like last name was like Kravenoff and it was like a Nikolai sort of <laughs> thing. Like, yeah, it's like, I thought it's he a was whole from, thing. I thought he was like from Africa. No, no. Okay. So, yeah. It's, never mind. No. Th- no, I will argue, Vicky, that he probably should have been somebody besides a white guy because of the fact yeah, he was right, just yeah. so yeah, yeah, I mean because of who he is and the way he had the control with the animals mm-hmm. I don't know I mean I don't see Russia doesn't strike me as a place where lions are running around and you got all the creatures of the tun you know uh, 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 you know uh, not the tundra but whatever I'm trying to think oh of, yeah uh, Siberia the, the savannah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah see like <laughs> he strikes me as a savannah African kind of character the way he has sway and the way he dresses well, he ran, yeah with the way he dressed he had the furs over his shoulders but then he had that long V exposing like the, his stomach. It's like, you don't wear that in Russia, bro. No. <laughs> yeah. honestly, you're full of vodka. If, 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 <laughs> if, uh, if he wasn't already Aquaman, I'd say definitely we'd have um, Momoa. Momoa as him, but he's oh, Aquaman. Doesn't mean he it's can't too, be, right? It's, it's, I just feel like it's too close, like with can the he, animals. I mean, yeah. But I think oh, my oh, next that would be awesome. And oh, by the way, I got the dolphins helping me too. <laughs> <laughs> the next one I would pick, though, would be Joe Manganello. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. I could see I, him doing that like, as well. Physically, I'm like, that should be in. But going back to Spider-Man. Sorry, I had to do that tangent. <laughs> one of the, uh, and there was a whole bunch of fan service Easter eggs things. One of the big ones was obviously seeing Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock. <laughs> that was Yelp. fun. Just as, uh, as Spider-Man's lawyer, just a quick little scene, which was perfect for that, which also kind of tied in with Hawkeye, mm-hmm. because we got to see in the last episodes of that, that uh, Vincent D'Onofrio came back as Kingpin. The one thing that I haven't really been able to get clarification, maybe you guys did, we don't know if these are the same ones we saw in like the Netflix series or if this is from a different universe. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that is kind of the the thing that a lot of websites have said that Vincent D'Onofrio stated that this is the same guy. And if you read his words, that's not. What he said was he took the character as the same sort of um, internal struggles as the previous iteration mm-hmm. of the character. So he, if you read his words specifically, it doesn't say one way or another, yes. just that he approached the character in the same way. When we get to Hawkeye, uh, we'll talk more about, ask me again what I thought was odd about Kingpin and Hawkeye, Hawkeye that might back up what you're saying, Rev. There was mm-hmm. one choice that was made with Kingpin in that, and we'll talk about it when we talk more about Hawkeye, but mm-hmm. you know, again, I don't want to tangentize this because we've been all over the road, but it is the Spider-Man thing. So yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, we know who we haven't heard from, though. I mm. mean, there's somebody that's remarkably silent over there, mm. and I'm wondering, oh, you know, yeah. Mikey, little Mikey over there hates everything. Well, so, he, didn't, uh, he didn't speak up when I asked, I asked the room if uh, anybody hated Spider-Man. Well, so. maybe he's just waiting. He's just waiting to just take Joe? a crap all over this movie. No, this movie was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there was no, there was no, kid are you? There was no time travel. There was no time travel. There's no time travel. That's correct. <laughs> it was great. Uh, Tom Holland's obviously the best Spider-Man by a mile. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. It's not even close. Uh, I think the character arc was great. The uh, Uncle Ben, uh, Aunt May switcheroo was fantastic. Yes. Mm-hmm. The fact that Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin was the one to do it was like perfect. Mm-hmm. I thought that arc was just amazing. Uh, I'm Peter, Sorry. Peter, <laughs> Matt, Peter having to sacrifice himself to save everyone uh, in the mirror of Tony Stark having to do the same thing was really well done. I agree, actually, with you, BJ. I think there was maybe like 10 minutes in the middle they could have cut 
not a whole lot. And it's just one of those things where that's more of a, well, we're going to do this for the fans. We'll have a little bit longer of a movie run, which is fine. Yeah. See, I, th- I felt like we took too long before we got to the dudes. Like, I, that's yeah. why I, if they cut some stuff out, we would have got to Toby and Andrew quicker. Uh, which would have been... We haven't even brought them up. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, that was what was really, really awesome in the movie, and I'm like, wow, we really waited a long time till we got to those guys. Literally the worst kept secret in all of of time, really. Oh, They tried, though. They tried. They really did. We just gave Garfield's credit. He never said... He actually said that he wasn't in it, and he tried so hard, and zero people believed him. I was confused, because I was in the theater watches, the packed theater, pretty much opening night, and like they spin the portal open, and everyone's like, "Hey, it's Spider Man!" And the, the crowd just starts erupting. And we're like, "I don't know why they're they're so happy right now." I mean, the guys, <laughs> you know, what, what are they talking about? And so I got blindsided by it because I forgot. Oh, that's that they funny. were going to be in the movies, and then it turns out to be Andrew Garfield, and I'm laughing my ass off. Like their interactions, like all three Peters hanging out together, was one of the like just there were so many points where it was like everyone's like building each other up, mm-hmm. and they're trying to work it all together, and like. Just that whole teamwork and having all of them together, it was so much fun. Like the whole part about that, and even when there's like they're trying to build up poor Andrew Garfield's Spider Man, he's like, I don't feel very good at this. You're like, no, you're great. Well, like they they were all so different between being Spider Man and being Peter Parker. And it was nice to see them age. So uh, what I'm referring to is Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Like Tobey Maguire talking about, you know, being older. And even the moment at the very end where he has to stop, you know, I was going to say Peter, Tom Holland (laughs) from basically doing something he was going to regret. Like that was super powerful. And I almost cried like a baby, but I was just too invested on what's happening. What's happening. (laughs) And just the humor with it. Like you wouldn't think it would work. And they nailed it. Yeah, yeah, it's, that- uh, it, yeah. It could like like Joey said. If they took ten minutes out, fifteen minutes out. This would have been a spectacular movie for anybody. Mm-hmm. Oh, a spectacular I mean, you know, Spider-Man. Yeah, <laughs> but then you go, well, fan service. So you know, it's like, well, they got enough people that love Marvel enough that they want that yeah. fan service. So they may not get like you know the movie of the year movie from any regular dude, but of course, Marvel fans are going to say, yeah, like you said, the best Spider-Man movie ever. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, separating though from the Marvel, like being a Marvel fan. Does anybody else agree that Willem Dafoe deserves an Oscar, especially since knowing he did his own stunts at however old he is? Like, did he really do his own stunts? Yeah. Wow. He he was like, Maybe, I'm going yeah. to do my own stunts. This this man is a monster in a good way. <laughs> like he deserves all the all the Oscars, all the accolades. He's phenomenal. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's pretty nuts. If he did his own stunts, wow. that is fantastic. Um, so yeah, we all loved it. Uh, I mean, it's gonna be you're gonna be hard pressed to find anybody who has issues with it other than like small nitpicky things, which is it, it's it's a, it's a sign of a good comic book movie, um, a great comic book series that I felt it was, and it's gotten mixed reviews on that. Is the Hawkeye series, um, but really I, mixed reviews, huh? There are some people who wow. aren't too fans of it. I think maybe it was just a little too street level. But oh, man, like, did I love that. that I, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't know who those people are, but man, the uh, the performances in that show from the main characters, like, uh, well, the, really, the ones that I really only cared about. Uh, uh, that Yeah, I, I agree with you, Rev. It's good. Yeah, I really enjoyed just, like, first off, it was it was a six-episode series, uh, six series, which uh, I really appreciate because, 
like 10 episodes at this point, I feel like usually you're going to get a little too much bloat. And this was a pretty good, concise, like, I could see myself binging the whole thing. And there was plenty of times watching this where I was like, I don't want to wait till the next week. I want to get to this, especially after episode five when we saw Kingpin. Like, like even just beyond that, like Florence Pugh with her her role as yeah, Yelena was just like so great. I want to see a series with just her and Kate Bishop. Yes, uh, yes. the oh, mac yeah. and cheese scene. Oh, first God, off, the yeah. mac and cheese scene was both of those were done via. Uh, they were basically improvised, like that whole thing, um, and that interaction between them was so good. Their chemistry is ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah. like uh, it was. It was so great, and like even like uh, Jeremy wow. Renner and or you know uh, Hawkeye and Kate Bishop's uh, uh, their chemistry was really good as well. I was a yeah. little concerned because like Kate Bishop is what I think twenty two, twenty three years old. I thought she was going to be a little too annoying for my taste, just because I'm like you're of a twenty two year old. Because she's twenty two, <laughs> twenty three years old. She's rich little girl. She just does whatever the hell she wants. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but seeing her interact with Yelena and trying to be understanding, yeah, uh, but also trying to do the right thing, and also the whole. Uh, part where they're tied up and she's talking to the guy who's trying to figure out what he did wrong with his girlfriend oh, yeah. at the end. It's like, yeah, it worked. It worked. Right? You they said even work. like tied up that little loose end there. And that was, was pretty like, great. Yeah, okay, they, did, they, did such, <laughs> they did such a good job with everybody. And, and you know, they I, I think they did a really good job having you feel empathy towards uh, Kate Bishop's character at the beginning as you watch her, you know, lose her dad mm-hmm. as she's seeing the Avengers do and watching Hawkeye, which is cool because I think that's fun because, you know, everybody loves all the big stars. Like, you know how life would be if there really was the Avengers and if they really did save the world. Of course, Iron Man and the Hulk and, and Captain America, those guys would be getting the front line and the front run. And, and, and Hawkeye would probably not get a nod and mm-hmm. so it's nice well, to see one kid that was like, you know what, you were my hero. And you see that exact uh, that exact scenario play out when you see the play, the uh, uh, the Steve Rogers uh, oh God, musical. musical. And oh, yeah. like, if you say if you stayed for the very end credits of the last episode, you got to see the full performance of the song, which I did I not need. I didn't need it, but I was I watched the whole damn thing. Yeah, I did too. And it was interesting too because a lot of people are like, well, why was Ant Man in it? Because Ant Man obviously wasn't in that in that. Uh, the the original battle for New York, That's right? And uh, I had to look it up because one of the writers says it was another way for to kind of diminish um, Hawkeye's own feelings about being a part of it because he's like this guy wasn't even in it and he's got more lines and he's singing more mm-hmm. than my character is in this entire thing, which again kind of lends to him not feeling um, that he is an actual hero, which you get that whole story arc via the the, the six episodes. And there's yeah the one thing that I so there's two points to like the whole Ant-Man thing. One, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a fan theory. It's a headcanon, and I'm sticking with it. When they're like, how do they know that Steve Rogers said... I could do this all day. And a TikToker named Nikki, who always does like the, uh, her oh, own yeah, versions, yeah, yeah. like she acts out her own versions of what happened in the episode. It was basically like, no, we're not going to tell you anything. Like, dude, this is our, you know, we're grieving right now. And it's just Ant-Man like, oh yeah, no, he says this, whatever you want to know. And then that's how they got him. Yeah, in it's it. like, it's like hey, it was yeah. him just spilling the beans. Cause he's Ant-Man. Yeah. It's like, as long as I get to be in it, I will tell you everything. Yeah. And that's how they got all the information. <laughs> I could, I could I see Scott Lang doing that too. Like, it's just some dumb head cannon, but the fact that they really did a good job, showcasing having PTSD and not having anybody understand it or having like everything that you are still grieving over in your face constantly. Mm -hmm. 
like they did a really good job exploring that and showing how heavy that is. Now, BJ, you did mention Kingpin when we were talking before. Uh, what did you want to bring up about that? Yeah, the idea was is that you know the 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 Matt Murdock we saw in Spider Man No Way Home and the Kingpin we see in Hawkeye are they the same as mm-hmm. the Netflix characters? Which we were told somewhere in some articles or whatever, we believe it is that they're going to be versions but different. And even though Vincent D'Onofrio come out and said it's the same, what did he what did he say? It's like a form from the same guy. Well, he he approached the character in the same way as he did previously, is how he said it. Yeah, the Hawaiian shirt that he had on uh, in that fight scene with Kate. I felt like I don't think Kingpin would wear that. See, that's see, that's where you would be wrong. Because it was an homage to uh, the Kingpin, actually. And he was in a comic book that actually uh, had him in that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking the Kingpin and Daredevil's Kingpin. Oh, that one. Okay, okay. That's I what I'm what saying. saying. Okay, yeah, okay, I don't yeah. think he would wear that. No, you're right. In the, in the books, he would wear it. But Daredevil's Kingpin, as you know, first of all, was started off wearing black. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, and then I think because of the whole white painting and staring at the wall in jail and what I don't know. So, you know, I, he went to white and, you know, there was a transformation that was a big part of his, his just, whole, uh, you know, his whole character development in that series. That's why I think maybe this is a different Kingpin, because I just don't think Daredevil's Kingpin, uh, the Netflix Kingpin would wear that. Honestly, though, I forgot what how Daredevil ended. It's been so long since I remember watching that last season. Oh, yeah. Was I don't was he in jail? Did Kingpin go to jail? Did he escape? Well, I don't fir- remember. Well, the first season he was in jail. Yeah, so I don't remember how yeah, it remember he does. Yeah, yeah. He does get out again. Uh, yeah. I don't know if it's season three we see him again. I don't think we see him in season two. Uh, yeah, I can't see, remember. I need to go back and watch it because honestly what I thought when I saw the Hawaiian shirt is that he had escaped and was under the radar and secretly came back. Like he went to... Like uh, offshore, like where his offshore accounts were on an island, where no, like he has no, nobody has jurisdiction over him, and he came back to handle stuff. And that, that was my thinking. <laughs> and that was the, and that actually, like that did happen in the comics, and that was why he was wearing that because uh, the Hawaiian shirt, because he was off, he was like on an offshore lo- location, some sort of tropical, tropical location. So yeah, in the comic books, and maybe it was just an homage, maybe it was a different version, uh, maybe it was just the holiday times, and he was feeling festive and he was about to go on vacation, but then this whole thing just happened, and then. You know, you got to deal with all that. Uh, and we're going to talk about how it ended, right? So we're talking spoilers. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, it seems like one one character we haven't talked about, Echo, right? Y- exactly. It seems like she took care of him, if you know what I mean, at the very yeah, end. But I, I don't mean, think, yeah, but I mean, but I they, didn't, they didn't show us. They didn't, they didn't show us. So yeah, I don't yeah. think we've seen the last of him. But I. No, you, you can't get rid of Kingpin. He's so good. I, yeah. I will say I am excited to see more of her because she. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't get rid of her. Mm-hmm. Um, like a lot of the times, the Marvel, uh, especially in the movies and the TV shows, they'll get rid of the uh, the 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 villain. And she, nece- she wasn't necessarily. I mean, she was yes, a bad person because uh, that was how she grew up. Yeah, she didn't know better. Exactly. So, like it, it was the whole the whole show, the whole series, all the actors. I felt really really knew what they were doing, what they were getting into when they were doing this, and it all felt really good. Did you guys catch one of the last Easter eggs at the very end? Which was what? Uh, who his wife really is. Oh, yeah. The whole time we were trying to figure out what the hell, what was who, that who, Rolex about. Yeah, who is she? She's I mean, I know agent, she's somebody. Who, what's agent the, who she? 13, I believe, and that is uh, Mockingbird. Yeah, so. Oh, which technically was whoa. Bobby, who was played by uh, Padalecki, oh. not Padalecki, or is it? Yeah, 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 yeah Adrian yeah, yeah. Padalecki in the yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show, which I think I've heard is not technically canon. 
Yeah, um, they're going back and forth with that. And oh, it was, so she's Mockingbird. That's yeah. cool. And it's Agent 19. 19, but yeah, 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 yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and they're just trying to say that, yeah, she was definitely an agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. before she was um, um, with Hawkeye or maybe that's at the same met. time. And that's how they met. And so, yeah, that's that was, really cool. I yeah. didn't know that. Thank you for that. Yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, and I know it's a supersized episode, so thanks for sticking up with us. Um, BJ, you mentioned the fact that you ended up seeing uh, the... Uh, uh, the Marvel Studios Assembled Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Yeah, if you haven't seen any of the, the Marvel Assembled shows on Disney+, Plus, they're really, really good. Documentaries on WandaVision and Loki and uh, Black Widow. They've done, uh, this is I think episode six, they did one on What If. These are terrific. I mean, because you really get to... You really get to see what's in the heart of the folks involved with it. I, and I love that because I just love the behind the scenes. I love to see what the director's intent was. And then all of the – I personally believe this. If people watch stuff like this, you would stop complaining on the internet and being a dick. <laughs> I mean, you, you when you would see how hard everybody works and what their goal is and what their passion is, you really might stop being a dick. Um, yeah. I, I was um, – I learned so much, and um, you know, I didn't. I don't know a lot. A lot about uh, Simu Liu. I think his name is. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, star yeah. of Shang Chi. Mm-hmm. Um, but he had one line which was just amazing. He goes, "Dude, here I am. Three months prior, three months ago, he said I was watching Avengers. You know, the last Avengers movie." In the theater, like whoa! And then three months later, they say, "Hey, you're playing Shang Chi." That's and he's amazing. like, "Are you kidding me?" His first movie ever. He had never done a movie before. What? Yeah, I mean, wow. he'd done some TV stuff, and you know, and he did some. So he was he's a, he's an actor, but he had never done a movie, and uh, much and less he, a blockbuster. Wow. And uh, boy, I mean, he he was just he said all the people, and of course, I don't know a lot of these Asian stars. Like the the people they got are just legends within mm-hmm. you know like the Asian cinema. Some of the folks, like the the guy that played his dad. Uh, so you, I'm happy to know this cause I don't know because there's not a lot of representation. And so the idea that this movie, I mean, the director just talked about, he's like, if no, if we don't make any more Shang-Chi movies, uh, we have failed because you know, it, it, representation yeah. is so important and we really put our heart and soul into this. And of course, uh, I mean, you know, Simu was just like, man, I got to tell you, uh, all the greats that I work with. I mean, the guy that played my dad, and of course Michelle Yeoh, mm-hmm. and uh, and 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 the and the, the woman they got to play his sister is also amazing. And they were just like, uh, it, it's just, oh wow, uh, it was really really cool. Uh, and they're about an hour long. The What If one is really good. The Black Widow one, you realize how much Scarlett Johansson put her heart and soul into that movie, and. It really makes you go, geez, Disney, you really had to like <laughs> let it get to the media that you weren't going to pay her and let, give her the royalties that she deserved. And, Gosh, right. you know, I, when, when you saw the whole set just love Scarlett Johansson, they were like, man, we have never seen an actor be as kind and wonderful and as supportive to everybody in this process. Like the whole crew loved her wow. in that movie. Uh, and so that's what I love about these. So it's called Marvel Assembled. It's on Disney Plus. The Shang Chi one is amazing, uh, <laughs> but they really all are amazing. Um, as you get to see the making of Wandavision, and that's a lovely. Ooh. That's that's fantastic. As you get to see the behind the scenes of all that, and um, and what they had to do to make that happen, and the actor that played. Uh, oh my gosh. Um, uh, the the actress that gets the powers going through and she's got the white outfit on and she she's she gets thrown out you know she's she's the she's the one that knows that uh, that something's going on and when Scarlet Witch realizes it throws her out of the park 
And then oh she, yeah, Monica what's her, was it Monica, Monica Rambo? Rambo. Thank, yeah. thank you. I yeah, couldn't yeah, remember yeah, her yeah. name. Yes, Monica Rambo, and she's like a, I guess a huge Marvel fan. And it was, she was reading for the part. She's like, man, oh man, I don't know what they're going to give me, but I hope it's Monica Rambo. And then she was like, when she found out it was, she's like, oh my god. Wow. And then she's going to be uh, in the, the new the Marvels. Marvels movies yeah, yeah, with yeah. Uh, all the Marvels. Because she was, yeah. a, I think, a, Mar- a Captain Marvel at one point, too, in the comics. Uh, yeah, I, that's what I love about this is you just get to, you know, you get to see the process of everybody. Paul Bettany's so excited. He goes, look, mm-hmm. I thought I was just going to be a voice. I mean, and he's, <laughs> when he was first asked to be Jarvis, he said, believe me, it was the most un- flattering request they said we need someone to be boring like a piece of paper <laughs> we think you'll be perfect for the can, can job you be boring <laughs> which yeah. you know what i think is also funny is uh, i think they named her karen which is spider-man's version of uh jarvis yeah 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 that was a uh, voice by his wife jennifer connelly connelly i almost said coolidge that's not right <laughs> connelly marvel so- assembled on disney plus very very awesome uh a documentary series and they've got six episodes for you to enjoy if you haven't seen them awesome well now it is time for the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. All right, Vicky, what do you got for us? All right, so at first when I started reading about this first movie that we're going to talk about today, mm-hmm. I was like, well, this sounds dumb. Okay. But then they talked about an app that I've actually heard about recently. I'm like, okay, you brought me back in. Oh, oh, oh really? So you're you're uh, excited about this movie because of an app? Okay, so the movie is called See For Me. Okay. And it starts off, it's Sophie, a young blind woman house-sitting at a secluded mansion, finds herself under the invasion of by thieves. So, she, you, she's a blind person house-sitting? All right. That seemed a little off. That's why I was like, okay. It's mm-hmm. a mystery thriller movie, but her only means of defense is a new app called See For Me. And I've actually heard about this app. It's uh, people, you can sign up and be a part of it, and somebody who is blind anywhere, maybe in the country or the world, can say, hey... I, I'm at the grocery store. I need you to help me pick out a milk. Oh, and so okay. You do kind of like a FaceTime thing, and then you're like, oh, nope, next one, next one, and you help assist somebody. Oh, interesting. So and I was like, okay, I just heard of this. This is this is making this more interesting. So it connects her with a volunteer across the country who is helping her survive by seeing on her behalf. And oh. Sophie is connected to Kelly, an army veteran who spends her days playing first-person shooter games. Sophie is forced to learn that she's going to survive. If she's going to survive the night, she's going to need the hel- all the help she can get. A blind teenage girl who ends up being not so powerless after all. Huh. That is actually kind of interesting. Yeah. The, the cast isn't super well known. The only person that I kind of recognize is an actor named uh, Kim Coates. So Coates, uh, he was in the movie Goon. He was the coach, if you remember him. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, like I'm looking at the rest of the cast list mm-hmm. and uh, everyone else is, is new. They're babies, yeah. or just not super well-known, but it's getting 84% on the tomato meter, no audience scores of yet, but I'm like, okay. Wow, okay, yeah, that seems interesting, and it's, I mean, like, when you get into the uh, the January and February movies, a lot of the times it's a dumping ground for things, and especially when you're getting into, like, the thriller-type movies, mm-hmm. uh, but this one actually seems very interesting on that. I like it because it's not a remake of a movie, it's, it's, <laughs> it's a little different. It's, yeah. Not, I, I like that they're different. So if it was on, I'm not, I, I wouldn't go out of my way to go see it in theaters because I'd be scared. But if it was on, I definitely would give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could see you uh, not wanting to see anything like that in the theaters. Yeah. <laughs> and like you said, it's kind of a dumping ground for movies. So there's not a whole lot out right now. Um, another one that it's again, one of those movies, I'm not going to go out of my way to see it, but I'm interested. <laughs> <laughs> it's called The Legend of La Llorona. Oh, Okay. And La Llorona is like one of our boogeymans in like Latin American countries. Oh. Uh, it's a vengeful spirit. It's not just in Mexico. It's a bunch of different countries have a version of her. 
Uh, this is, <laughs> I'd really like to see this because Danny Trejo's in it and Danny oh, Trejo's a treasure. Doesn't matter. It's, we see this movie. <laughs> Oh but, yeah, but yeah. this looks super creepy. This oh, is yeah. this is La along Llorona. the lines Mm-mm. of like The Ring or yes. uh, any of those type movies. So in this version, because there's many different ver- stories of the folklore of La Llorona, which translated means the crying woman. It's a oh. malevolent spirit bent on vengeance stalks a young family visiting Mexico. Andrew Carly and their son Danny travel to an isolated hacienda in Mexico for a much needed vacation. As they enter the town, signs showing missing children set anonymous. Uh, ominous tone the family learns of the legend of la llorona the evil spirit of a distraught mother who lurks near the water's edge and strikes fear in the hearts of all who see her la llorona torments the family mercilessly snatching danny and trapping him in the netherworld between the living and the dead oh Oh, yeah 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 well vicky um yeah (laughs) that's not a you movie it's not but it's but it's like in mexico and i've heard like the legend of la llorona it's like you don't mess with her like, you don't mess with, like, lakes and rivers you're not familiar with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what we learned growing up. <laughs> so uh, if somebody wants to watch it and give me the cliff notes, that'd there be cool. You exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm only bringing this one up because it looks so bad. Oh, that's the spirit. There you go. <laughs> oh, it, 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 this is one of those, you look at it and you're like, you just want to keep your uh, your insurance, right? Oh, like, through the Actors yeah. Guild? Oh, like any of the sci-fi movies along those lines. And... Or like, you know, American type of like bang bang movies, I yeah. guess. <laughs> it's, called, it's called American Siege and it stars Timothy Murphy and Bruce Willis. <laughs> uh, Boy, what is Bruce Willis doing these days? What, what, movies what? like this and that one that uh, where he what got into a fight and just sat at the bar the whole time. Yeah, that space yeah. movie. I can't remember the name of it. It was yeah. All right. Uh, it looks real freaking bad. It's a sheriff who guards a small town's dark secrets must stop a bloody rampage with three outlaws take the town's doctor hostage. Even the the, the cover of it looks so horribly airbrushed. I am. Um, yeah. No one walks <laughs> away. What's it getting? Is it it's nothing uh, yet? Oh, nobody's yeah, giving it anything. Th- this is wow. one of those movies. This is one of those movies that definitely does not get any sort of um, pre-critic screenings mm-hmm. because they don't want it to be dumped. And I mean, obviously, they know. Like, you know what you're going to get into a lot of the times when you're going to a, uh, like I said, like a January movie. Yeah, and that's it. You either get horror movies or not even B movies. You get like C, D, or E movies at this point. Yeah. So you might as well stay home and uh, binge a new show or something. Probably. (laughs) And until next time, guys, stay nerdy.